So this is episode five of Olu Swole, the podcast on a budget. I'm excited to welcome our guest, a young business mogul, Hooper, <laughs> and West Coaster. <laughs> Junda, what's good? Doing well, doing well, Tony. Nice to see you today. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a little bit, right? It's been a, it's been a little bit of time, but yeah, it's, it's been a minute. You know, I've been in the lab. You know, sorry, but... always staying busy. That's what we love to see. Of course, of course. Um, I want to give uh, some. I want to provide some context as to how we met. It's not much though. Uh, we're both <laughs> freshmen at <laughs> both freshmen at Penn, so we were both in a pre orientation program before the school year started, and then yeah. we just kind of met each other through that. Yeah, shout out to Step. Shout out to That's Step. how we met each other, and uh, yeah. yeah, we've been cool ever since. So, right. I want to start off. You're from Marietta in California, right? Yes, Marietta. Very few people will know will know where that city is. So um, yeah, for, the, for those who are listening, it's like a, an hour north drive of San Diego, and what we call Riverside County. Um, okay, but yeah, that's 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 definitely that's the spot right there. And that's SoCal, right? Southern California. <laughs> yeah, it's in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So we hear people say, you know, West Coast is the best coast, it's East is the least. What are your thoughts on the whole debate? Like, well, I mean, you know, coming from a completely unbiased perspective, we're talking pure objective terms here. I just think the West Coast, best coast is just a statement of truth, honestly. I mean, you go to the West Coast, we got the best beaches. Pretty sure anyone will say that. We got the best weather. Pretty sure anyone will say that. People in the East will say, but seasons though. And I'm like, but sunshine and beaches and that constant 70 degrees like the fact that it doesn't drop below 60 on a on a like in the day is just like that's unbeatable where are you getting that from you got to go to another continent this is the only place you can get it uh in north america bro so obviously west coast best coast and plus we got the variety too got socal's different vibe norcal different vibe you want green oregon and you even got like a little mix of the both in seattle so I mean, it's just just a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think I agree with you because even though I was born on the East Coast and I grew up in Texas, I would still say West Coast is the best coast simply because, like, it's just the West Coast culture and the vibe and the music as well. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you guys have everything sorted. On the East Coast, you have cold weather, which is nice, but I mean... The West Coast is just a different kind of vibe. Like, yeah, shout no, out to California. Fact. It's the Cali is where it's at. And also, it's just the chill vibes, you know? People on the West Coast really, really more laid back. I mean, we were always known for, like, happy customer service type vibes we got. Um, mm. It's just like everyone, you know, you, you got the saying that you tell everyone from Cali when they first visited New York that it's just, like, it's just different out there. People just ain't as, ain't as relaxing as easy go. That's that's true. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the East Coast. I got family on the East Coast. I family out in North Carolina, D.C., Maryland, that area. So I, I mess with the East Coast a little bit. But like, you just got to face facts here. You just got to face facts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Spitting facts. Uh, so you said you're from Marietta, right? Mm-hmm. And how would you describe growing up in that kind of place to someone who hasn't been there? Yeah. So let me think. Marietta is kind of a sort of more of a suburban part of California. I think I think one misconception that a lot of people have of California is that um, like the the city culture is kind of representative of the entire state, 
And um, I actually think the city's kind of like its own little microcosm compared to the rest of the state because the city is like, you know, usually like really liberal leaning, really, um, really uh, industrious, very, very diverse. Um, and that's true when it comes to like a lot of the major cities um, in Cali. But I feel like uh, a lot of people don't really realize that once you go out of the cities into like the suburbs and central California, it's just like all farmland. That's like, it's actually a lot more homogenous. It's more less liberal leaning you actually have a lot of red districts in between uh each of the areas so it's it's like it's a different vibe when you go out um so in Marietta, it was more like a quiet like uh suburban area but like home. Uh, it's not necessarily like you know everyone but you know you, you know a decent amount of people it's like a hundred thousand strong so it's not, it's not too crazy yeah yeah i mean interesting that you say that because like you said when people think of california they think of just one blue state Everyone thinks the same way. Everyone dresses the same. Everyone acts the same. So it's interesting to hear um, how Marietta kind of distinguishes itself from the rest of the state in that kind of way. Is there, given that, like you said, there are not a lot of people out there, is there something about Marietta that you think is kind of slept on that you want to bring to light a little bit? You slept on? See, the thing is, I'm not a big Marietta proponent. <laughs> I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the city. Um, I always, I enjoyed where I initially first lived before I moved to Marietta. What um, was that? More. So I, I used to live in um, uh, Ventura County, which is about uh, an hour north of LA. Um, it's about three hours north of where I currently uh, live back in Cali. Um, and I used to live in a specific area called uh, Port Juanini. And that was, it was basically like um, on the coast, like de- like on the, on the um, beachfront. And so, I would I could basically like watch walk to the beach every morning. It was like super nice, and that that was like the ideal ideal place to live. Like one day, like my one of my uh, goals in life has always been to like get get back to get back to like living on the beach someday. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a vibe. Like just being, especially with that kind of weather, like being on those kind of beaches, sounds like a movie. There's nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. Um, I want to transition to hoops. So we kind of brought it up in the intro. You, I'm not entirely sure, but were you on the junior varsity team for basketball all four years yeah. or just for? Oh, football? no. So I dropped after um, I dropped playing after my junior year because I wanted to focus on my academics. And also because I was like I was averaging like four hours of sleep a night. Um, like playing while like stacking APs. So it's just kind of difficult to uh, really like perform at a high level. Um, so I, I played for three years um, and then ended up ended up dropping afterward. But I still play recreationally now. Um, it was a good it was a good time. Definitely. I still got my love for the game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I follow hoops, but I never play any kind of sport at a high level. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you like what got you into playing basketball? Yeah, so, um, you know, playing basketball, it was something that kind of ran in the family. Like, my grandfather played basketball. My father did. And then, so, like, kind of growing up, there was always, like, hoop around the house. You know, whenever you go to the park, like, you always came with the basketball in hand. You were dribbling down the sidewalk to get there. And then, hmm. you know, you'd be shooting around, playing against, uh, like, I'd be playing against my grandfather, playing against my, my father. Uh, you know, it was just it was just kind of like something that that was always around me. And then, of course, like me growing up being a pretty big kid, um, I was always kind of tall growing up. That it just it just really fit. 
the fact that I could I could basically play ball and then I, it was around me. So when when I got the chance to do it, like uh, first in middle school, back in seventh grade, I was just like, you know, it's, it's the perfect place. It's the perfect sport. And I just kind of kind of ended up fitting for me. Nice. Which position did you play? Point. Um, so like when I was younger, um, like middle school, I used to play center because just I was like so big. The tallest kid. <laughs> yeah, I was always a tallest kid. But uh, now, like uh, in high school, I played like a small forward uh, type of position, so slash, usually like slasher type, in and out type vibes. Uh, that was that was really where it was at. Dope, yeah, all around game, huh? Hey, bro, you gotta you gotta get a little taste of everything, a little taste of everything. Oh, have you been following um, uh, March Madness at all? No, not really. I don't really follow college basketball. I just follow the the biggest names. Like, oh, Kate, okay. like the biggest draft names, so like Cade Cunningham, uh, you know who is it? Uh, that kid from Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs. Oh yeah, those so, guys. Yeah. 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 Now I'm yeah. telling you, should keep keep an eye open. I mean, any any viewers who've been listening, I mean, y'all y'all know how crazy it's been going recently. A lot of upsets. We got we got a lot of uh, unexpected unexpected things happening. It's pretty exciting. If you want to if you want to get into college basketball, I say this is the time because this this tournament is gonna shaping up to be something that's going to be pretty crazy. I heard that Ohio State got knocked out, and that was pretty surprising. They yeah, had so basketball. they got knocked out by, um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the team's name. Um, I'm forgetting. But they were a 15 seed, and Ohio State was a second seed in the conference, so they ended up getting knocked out by them. And then just recently, um, I know that um, this one Christian school ended up knocking out another, like, three seed. Uh, uh, Loyola? No, 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 Loyola was the ninth seed that knocked out um, uh, Illinois, who's a one seed. So that was that was crazy. I was actually I was actually watching that game um, when it was happening like right before this because that game happened like a couple hours ago uh, before we start filming this. Um, and bro, watching Loyola play like they're they're a solid, really well coached team. I mean, we knew that from back in the day when they were like a Cinderella story, but you know, just watching it now, like you really see like how much time and effort the coaches have put in and uh, really how clean. Um, they, they've been able to run their offense. It's, it's been really impressive. Hmm. Got Sister Jean in the cut supporting. Yes, sir. Yeah, hey, she yeah. knows. She knows. Yeah. That's a yeah. good luck charm. That is. That is. I, I know. I can't wait uh, to see them play, uh, play in the Elite Eight. I hope that they make it that far because I think they'll have a really good matchup uh, up then. It's crazy because the pow- none of the powerhouses – or the traditional powerhouses, they didn't really make it to the tournament. Like Duke didn't make it, Kentucky didn't make it. It's kind of yeah. surprising. And UNC got knocked out first round, unfortunately. That's very sad. I'm a UNC big UNC fan. Oh, um, yeah, Chapel Hill. I love love, love that place. I uh, I first like got into like just the whole the team back in like 2016 because I started playing paying attention in, like um, college ball more back in 2016. Um, and so watching them play like during that peak when they were like really really good was super entertaining. Um, and then eventually I ended up like you know being interested in the school and whatnot. So I, I ended up visiting uh, like while I was applying to colleges. Um, I had a program actually fly me out for that. So that was like super dope to like go and visit the campus and see what it was like. So you know, I got I got a personal connection to UNC. I, I think it's I think it's really dope. Yeah, it's a dope school, and they produced a lot of top talent in the last few years like Cole Anthony played there um obviously Michael Jordan went there that was years ago though yeah it was a 
Who else was there? I mean, even like even like little low key talents. We you got like bench players like Jalen Brunson who like still have like active okay. in the NBA. Like you know, it's they're they're definitely like a, a great program. And I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Even I think Danny like, Green. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think Danny Green went there as well. But yeah. Even though you know they've been like all right this year, I, I definitely think they're gonna bounce back. Um, hmm. There's no worries there. You a Lakers fan? Growing up in SoCal, is that who you support? Yes, we're a Lakers. I'm a definitely a Lakers fan. Clippers fans, we don't acknowledge them because they shouldn't exist. Um, <laughs> if you're a Clippers fan, you're either uh, misguided from birth or uh, just bandwagoning. So, um, wow. yes, Lakers fan all the way. That hard. People, you know, people bag on the Lakers, but they forgot we were bad for almost like a straight decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I say I say it's time about time we get we we get our due. So I've been real happy with uh, what's been happening lately with them. And obviously, last season was a great season for them because they won the chip. But yeah. before the season started, like as soon as they got AD, I was like, it's a wrap. Because once you give LeBron yeah. James someone like AD, <laughs> they're definitely gonna win the championship, even though. The media wanted the Clippers to win for some reason, but like it was pretty obvious the Lakers are going to win, and you know they dominated. Do you think they're going to be able to repeat, especially with the rise of the Brooklyn Nets this season? Or are you yeah, kind of so scared? the I'm I'm honestly not too worried. Uh, I think one thing that uh, LeBron does, um, I'm a pretty big LeBron fan as well, so I've followed him ever since like the Heat um, back in like was that twelve. Um, yeah. so watching, watching that he's, he knows how to, to operate the offense where it's not simply running through him. And I think what you're looking at when you look at the nets is like, you need really stand out games. Like we're talking dominating games from like each of the like star players that they have, because the way they run their offense is mostly like ISO based. You, you do see some sharing of the ball, but it's not really as, as like, um, prolific as you do see in like, a LeBron AD style where they're they're constantly on the pick and roll, they're trying to hit the open man on this corner. Like you always see like KCP and what used to be, you know, Daddy Green, you have them post up in the corners as shooters, and you like use AD, draw the paint in, try to get the open look. Um, like that kind of play, not really as much of a focus when it comes to like um, Kyrie um, and KD and uh, Harden in them. So I, I think, you know, you really depend on these, like, crazy standout games to, to match, like, the scoring output of AD and LeBron. So I think the, the Lakers honestly really have a good chance against them, even though, um, even though you know, on paper, the, their team might look a little, a little stacked. Yeah, I agree with you because I still have the Lakers winning the chip this year because I just feel like they're the, they're the strongest team out there. And their defense, I feel like the defensive side yeah, of the ball is kind of neglected. Yes. Yeah, I know looking, that's, that's yeah, because the Nets can score, but I mean, they also concede hella points. So I don't know if Blake signing Blake Griffin necessarily helps that issue at all. But yeah, I have if assuming Anthony Davis comes back healthy, then I have the Lakers winning. If he doesn't, then I think it could be the Sixers as well. The Sixers could come out of the East. We don't know. Yeah, that's that's true. The Sixers definitely do have a good shot. Um, they built their team really well in the offseason, um, especially, you know, picking up Green. Um, I know it's like super basketball head talk that <laughs> we're doing right now. But, yeah, picking up Green, um, Seth Curry, 
is a great pickup for them. He's such yeah. he's a phenomenal bench player, like phenomenal. Uh, he's I think he's really underrated, honestly. I mean, he's he's in the prime of his game right now. Um, so I, I really think that they they do have a structured team. I think they they could give um, the Nets a run for their money for sure. Um, and actually, I would I would lowkey give the 76ers more of a more of a shot uh, of being able to to win against the Lakers than this, uh, the Nets, in my opinion. Because when you look at the Nets, you have the one question is who's stopping AD, and the answer is nobody. Like you really don't have anyone on that team that can match to itself. But you run. Um, you run AD versus Simmons and Embiid, and then not only does he have to like play against Embiid in terms of like running through his defense, but you have to also match like the scoring output of Embiid too, because he's gonna he's been putting up big numbers this season. So um, I, I think that's definitely something we gotta look out for. Yeah, I agree. The Sixers are definitely looking dangerous. Um, I'm sure some people weren't happy with all the basketball talk, but <laughs> no, they're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good addition to the pod. You know, we've never had anyone who uh, really follows hoops on the pod yet. So Spice it up a little. Exactly, yeah. Change the game. Uh, I wanted to transition to business ventures because I know you're in a dual degree program. Uh, For those of you that don't know, it's basically when, because Penn has four undergraduate schools. If you're in a dual degree program, it means that you're a student at, you get two degrees from two of Penn schools yep. and you graduate in four years usually. So yeah. you're in the one called LSM, which is life sciences and management. So yeah. that's sciences and business, right? Yeah. Life sciences can be anything ranging from bio, neuro, chem, biophysics, um, uh, biochem, any, any like life sciences oriented um, kind of field. And then uh, on the business end, really, whatever whatever the Wharton School offers. Yeah. So uh, just asking about your business ventures, I, I think recently you started this thing called, uh, this project called Alba 19, where it's kind of like a play on COVID-19, even the way it's formatted, like album hyphen Oh, yeah, album-19. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, album-19. So this was, um, this was a project that was kind of, uh, initially it was made out of, made out of like uh, this, this uh, kind of competition um, is kind of a comp- it was more of like a project, a project necessity where um, I was basically given a challenge to, to turn um, $50 into $250. And I was like, all right, like, how am I going to do this? Like, what, what, like, how I'm, I'm trying to create something original here. How am I going to do this? And so I was talking with a friend of mine and then he reminded me, or you, we were talking about um, this old project uh, back in, I believe it was like the late nineties, early two thousands, which was the, million dollar pixel page um i don't know if uh, you've heard of this before timmy um no okay yeah so i'll explain it especially to anyone who's listening so the million dollar pixel page was essentially a web page that had um space on it uh like a million a million pixels worth and what people would do is they would pay a dollar per pixel um to, to kind of post whatever images or like ads or whatever they wanted onto it um and so to to basically like um, to fill up the real estate because there's like the scarcity of only a million pixels, people would buy it in. And then the, the users are like the, the host of the site ended up making like a million dollars from it because all the pixels were bought up. And so this was like early nineties or late nineties, early two thousands uh, that this happened. And so we were talking about it and we were like, what if we could do something like that now? Like, 
but for images. So not simply just regular pixels, kind of like upscaling it to like what the modern internet is now. Um, and so we were like, okay, that's a cool idea. I think like that was a good start for us. So then um, I had like this kind of team of people I was working with uh, for like the little challenge that we made. And um, uh, one of them came up with a uh, shout out Connie um, for this idea. But one, one of them uh, came up with the idea that we should create like uh, kind of a, a virtual time capsule um, that kind of memorializes kind of the experiences, the, the, the mindset and just kind of the, the vibe of the past year. Um, so it's kind of kind of sticking with the theme of COVID-19 and how everything is kind of transformed into a virtual setting. We kind of want to create a virtual memorial to the to the just experiences people have had in the past year. And so with that, we created the project, which we call Capsule 19. Um, the project's called Capsule 19, but the, the actual page itself is called Album 19. So um, anyone can look at this if you go to www.album19.com, album being A-L-B-U-M, and then 19 being the numbers, 19.com. You can see it there. We still have some empty space now. Actually, <laughs> I've been meaning to fill it up. I, I have some friends that uh, brought in some submissions that I have to fill in. But um, yeah, we basically have like little slots. And then for, for every um, slot, it's simply a dollar. We're limited at 500 slots. And um, our goal is basically to fill it up to kind of create this kind of just what what we call like an album, like a photo album of this this experience that we've all shared together. And some people are really creative with it. Like they'll they'll buy like more than they'll buy like two by twos or like three by threes. Like you yourself buy like a three by three slot to uh, you know just kind of post this podcast that you've been working on over this COVID nineteen experience. So I think like it, it really allows people to be creative. Some people want to post funny things. Some people want to post memories with friends and family. Like it's a little bit of everything. I, I think it really like creates a picture of what, what life was like um, over the past year for some of us. Yeah, I, th I thought it was a pretty cool idea when I first heard about it. Just a kind of a way of, uh, you know, obviously the pandemic was tough, but at least it's kind of a way to memorialize the, the highlights from it. Yeah. Will you, will you post, the, will it be like a collage that you post on the website? Like, is, that, is that what the final product is going to look like? Yeah, so it'll be live update on the website. Um, and then depending on demand, we might be thinking of expanding into maybe doing like a, a kind of really embodying the album 19, uh, like kind of idea and creating like um, making like an album art kind of vibe. And then we could maybe make teachers from it, teachers from it or whatever. Um, but we kind of want to leave that up to the people who participate in the thing. Um, and we just kind of want to ask them, like, well, what are they looking for from this? And, you know, what what do they want us to do? Because really, that's that's the, the end goal. We just want to create it for, for people to post whatever they, they wanted. So, you know, from there, from there is probably where we're going to go. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting, you know, project. That's why I decided to, you know, pitch in a little bit because yes, it's much like no problem. Yeah. It sounded like it was worthwhile. Have you always been interested in entrepreneurship, like when you were a kid, or is this something more recent that you started getting involved in? Yeah, so it, it was a thing that I recently got, or I initially got like exposed to when I was a child. I was, um, say, I was probably like 10, 11 years old. I was a big reader back then. And, um, my dad was always into business, but I, I think it, the drive initially started when I read the book, uh, which is a book a lot of young entrepreneurs are really exposed to, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, for any of you guys who don't know, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a book uh, written by Robert Kiyosaki. 
himself as a self-made um, millionaire and kind of um, details his life uh, his life and experience uh, as a juxtaposition between his own father who was kind of a working class man who uh, really stuck to like the the general um, like I'd say like structure of like the way people uh, look at occupations and look at living their lives you know had a nine to five uh, retired etc cetera, etc cetera. And then with what he calls his quote unquote rich dad, was, which was the dad of his uh, best friend, um, who um, and wasn't really a proponent of like the, the nine to five employee job. And so he wanted to like set out and create his own company. And he was successful with it and he was able to become, you know, uh, wealthy as a result. And um, so he kind of like took that juxtaposition and wrote about like the, the kind of life lessons he learned from both ends and kind of the values he learns from both ends of the side and how that helped him become like a successful entrepreneur himself and so you know reading that when i was like 10 years old i was like i realized like oh this is the, the sense of freedom and kind of like self you like determination that you could get from entrepreneurship like that was the way i wanted to go because i, I was never a big fan of people telling me what to do as a kid <laughs> and so i i kind of had that um stick with me a little bit uh, as I grew older. And then my dad too, he he also was someone who was really into entrepreneurship. So kind of that both like that intrinsic drive and being able to see it work successfully was like something I was like, oh, yo, this is something I could do as well. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like for me, the reason why I want to get into business is, um, is part of what is similar to what you said, like just being able to have control over the decisions that you make instead of just being because I was never really a big fan of, like, just sitting in a classroom and being told what to do. Yeah. But having the freedom and the reins to just kind of do what you want and make decisions how you want to make them and make failures and successes due to your own decisions. I mean, like, that's something I was always interested in. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool, uh, like, your origin story. I didn't know all that, so it's nice to hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I want to transition to the podcast space. So, yeah, apparently uh, you're a member of the Penn Undergraduate Biotech Society, and y'all have a podcast, which I didn't know about. That, that we do. That we exactly. do. You did your research, my friend. Yes, you I did. did. Um, I did. Yeah. Yes, we do have a podcast out. We recently were talking, now we're going to get into like Biohead talk, um, but we were talking about the uh, Duke Nuumab fiasco um, with Biogen. So a little bit of context on what all those words mean. Um, Ducanumab is a uh, neurodegenerative uh, disease therapeutic, speci specifically for Alzheimer's disease, that um, Biogen, which is a biotech company, um, was attempting to develop. Um, and there was a lot of issues that came with uh, FDA approval, like near the end stages of uh, the, the trials that they were doing, the medical trials that were doing, and it ended up like kind of blowing up in their face. Um, and initially held up really a lot of promise. So we saw we saw a lot of like fluctuation with their market valuations. We saw a lot of uh, you know debates on whether or not like their their target pathways were even like viable, and just kind of like how how we really ended up at this spot because usually you find things out a lot earlier when it comes to things that go wrong um, in like um, in like um, medical trials. So it was just an interesting an interesting thing that we kind of dove into. But uh, yeah, I encourage ever or anyone who's like interested in the biotech space, or uh, even if you want to know a little bit more, to just go and uh, listen to the podcast, um, Penn Undergraduate Biotech Society, Pubs, P U B S. Um, 
sure if you look that up, uh, you, you can definitely find that one out. But um, yeah, podcast, that, that, that's not where podcasting actually started for me. Actually, uh, I've been I've been into the podcasting space for uh, a minute now, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, so how did you get into this? So what, what, what kind of podcast were you running before pubs? Like, what was that about? Yeah. So I, I guess I'll start when I first got into like listening to them. So okay. um, the first podcast I listened to is actually, it's a really weird one. Um, it's called Welcome to Night Vale. Um, and Welcome I think that Welcome to Night Vale. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, it was a podcast I was, I, I think I was just like scrolling around like Spotify or something. No, no, not Spotify because they didn't have podcasts back then. I don't know exactly where I was scrolling around, but I was just scrolling around the internet. Um, I saw like a podcast option on like a streaming platform when I was, I think I was like 13 at the time. Um, and I found this one podcast was like Welcome to Night Vale. And it's basically a fictional podcast held um, in this fictional city of Night Vale where like really interesting, like weird things happen. And it kind of follows like this kind of fragmented, but kind of storyline-ish setting. Um, and it was just something that I could use to kind of like detach from, you know, real world, uh, the real world and just kind of like get lost in this like imaginative like space. And so it was really cool. Um, and I kind of started my love for podcasts. So then come my sophomore year of high school, I had, we had like a project where we had to create like a, um, like a media, a media based project for detailing. I believe it was like some kind of issue we saw in, um, in society. Um, and so I was like, I was already into podcasts. I was like, why, why not I make one? So I use, you know, I don't know if you use Audacity to uh, do your edits. You do, yes, sir, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I booted up Audacity. I was like, all right, what's yeah. the what's the recording sitch? I booted up Audacity. I took interviews from like, um, oh yeah, my my subject was basically uh, was based on rising college prices um, uh, in America, and so I booted booted up. I, I talked to like a couple professors. I talked to um, I talked to a couple students and with their experiences and just kind of created something from that. And then from then on, like, I've always, I've always been really into it uh, since then. Yeah, I think for me, I think it started when I was like 15 or 16. That's when I started mm -hmm. listening to podcasts. And uh, I don't know if you know Cody Ko and Noel Miller. Oh, I've heard of Cody Ko before. Yeah. yeah. So I just stumbled across one of his videos um, mm -hmm. on YouTube. And yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. And Noel Miller is this guy, is his good friend, and they collaborate and stuff. So he also makes content. Um, I watched a video of them two together, and I thought they were kind of funny. And then I realized I had a podcast, so then I just started listening to that. And uh, I think they have like 180 episodes. But at that time, they only had like maybe 10 or 15. So I just yeah. listened to a few, and I was, you know, listening to them weekly. And over around Christmas time, so 2020, I was thinking I, I wasn't really I hadn't really been listening to her podcast because, mm -hmm. you know, after a while you start to, you know, just your interests start to change. So I kind of stopped listening to their podcast. But I was thinking having a podcast would be pretty cool. And then I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was just thinking, why can't I start one of my own? So then I just, you know, got the mic. I already had the headphones. I already had audacity. So. Mm -hmm. I was already equipped and I just started podcasting and we're here now. Okay. There, there it is. What, exactly. what was the inspiration behind like Oluswell, like as a podcast, like the, the general like format, the, 
like the vibes you brought here like what, what was kind of the inspiration behind this uh do you mean like b- behind the whole podcast project yeah behind like this specific podcast project and like how you operate this like what like what brought you to this and like why now like what, why did you decide like oh like right now is the time i mean what brought me to it is just through listening to other podcasts and listen it was with the example i gave earlier and listening through listening to other podcasts um I just felt like there was, I just felt like having a conversation with someone and getting to know what they're thinking about is pretty interesting. Yeah, and I, I was like, it, it's interesting. It's interesting for me to listen to, to these conversations. So I was thinking, like, why not have these conversations as well as listen to them at the same time? And I think podcasting gives you the opportunity to do that. And why did I start it now? Because I thought it was either now or never, you know? Because I've been thinking about this around Christmas time, like I said, but I only started putting traction on it in maybe February, mm-hmm. because it was just kind of in my in my mind, like, oh, this would be cool to start, but I wasn't actually, you know, putting any work in to turn those ideas in my head into actual results. Yeah. And I thought it would be kind of hard to start up because, like, I was thinking if I don't start it now in college, it would be kind of hard to start it after college. Because like once you're in the workforce, all your friends are like dispersed across the world, and yeah. it'll be hard to find a reliable audience as well. Because you'll be further removed from seeing those friends that you made in high school or in those friends that you made in college. So it made sense for me for, to just start doing it now, and you know, especially at a school like Penn, which has I know we people like to point at the pre-professional emphasis, but like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, the number one phrase used to describe Penn, but it's kind of true. And people here are pretty entrepreneurial, regardless of which school they're in. And they're willing to support your project. They're willing to come on these kind of podcasts like you are now and, you know, say some stuff. So, yeah, it's just it's, I knew this is the best environment for me to start it. And I knew mm-hmm. that if I waited any longer, um, it, I wouldn't be able to really do it as well as I could have. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm glad you did, bro. I like I love I love the chance to be able to like hop on things like this, help support any way I can. It's great. I, I love seeing it. Um, yeah, I appreciate you being here, man. Of course, bro. Um is there is there any idea that you have for like the future direction or are you just kinda like moving with the flow? Like yeah, any topic or you like any like interesting formats you wanna try? Like what's Yeah, that's a good question. Topic wise, it just kinda depends on who I have on. So there's no, like, this isn't, I think one of the challenges was, because when you're putting, when your podcast is being distributed to Apple Podcasts and mm-hmm. podcasting platforms in general, but particularly Apple Podcasts, like, you have to put it in a certain category. I think oh, yeah, Spotify yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's not as if this is a sports podcast. Well, maybe this, maybe this episode was a sports episode, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not as if this is a sports podcast or like a, I don't know, fashion podcast. The tone of the podcast just depends on the theme of the podcast is dependent on who I have on because mm-hmm. I'm really learning about the person that I have on and I'm bringing, a, bringing on a different person each time. So there's yeah. no theme. It's just it's, it's pretty uh, versatile and new formats. I've been thinking about it kind of because eventually I'm going to transition to doing in-person interviews. Yeah. Uh, the reason why we're doing this online is just because of like COVID protocols. Like I could, I could go and see you, 
but yeah we, just, i mean we have seen each other in person before <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. so uh, yeah but it's just covid regulations and all that but yeah definitely thinking about how i want to structure my podcast when we're in person in terms of like where i want to film uh, what kind of extra equipment i would need to go get to make my podcast better because i'm always i feel like now since i started a podcast before i was just a fan but now i'm a fan of podcasts i'm also a student so when i'm watching a podcast i'm paying attention yeah, you're to always, you're always paying attention to the details like what yeah what's yeah doing. yeah yeah no, exactly yeah 100 yeah you know um if you ever need any help when it comes to like setups or anything i actually have because i i was like um we had a little like film setup back up in where i live um and uh i created like this little podcasting little setup so if you ever want the to transform because uh for the viewers who don't know me and timmy uh, as well as a couple other of our friends we're, we're planning on living together um in the same suite next uh next year uh, at school and so um you know, I think we can transform transform your dorm room into a little studio, man. Uh, definitely, definitely see it happening. Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, appreciate that. That would definitely be a, a movie for sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll, make, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We want, we want to see you succeed, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. Glad to see it. What, speaking, of, speaking on the topic of podcasting, like, what was something that was hard for you, like a challenge for you when you were going into that podcasting space? Because... It's not conceptually difficult to start a podcast, but there are things you need to learn how to do. I just want to yeah. learn about your own challenges that you faced. Yeah, so my podcast, similar to you, I was really interested in like the conversational space. Um, when it came to me, I think a lot of the, I mean, you always have equipment issues. Um, I was trying to work with like a little, like, a little bit more like technical equipment. Um, like I set up mics and stuff. I set up. And I would I was doing this in person pre pre COVID. So, you know, you would have your your visuals, your lighting, your cam, your mics, your uh and then you have you have to have this all like out of shot but like still on set and you'd have to like set that up. So that was always like you always had a little like difficulties with that. Um but I'd say the biggest thing um would probably just be um I'd say it would probably be mostly like the kind of capturing the essence of like what what am I doing here like what what is the goal of what what am I trying to like convey here in the podcast because um you know you can do the conversational thing and that's always dope um, but I feel like there should be like a core a core aspect of what you're trying to bring to the people that are listening and kind of identifying that and bringing that forward when you're not really sure yourself and you're just kind of like finding your own way is something that you know takes a little bit of time to get to use used to um and it's honestly why I haven't like you know started a podcast has like uh, like consistent um, consistent potential traction or anything like that. It's kind of because I still haven't been able to yet to identify that, and also I haven't been able to set aside enough time to really work on that. Um, so hopefully one day I'll be able to. But um, I, I definitely say that would probably be the biggest biggest hurdle so far. Okay, it's a pretty insightful hurdle. Uh, yeah, I think for me, for me it was probably just. I think the main thing was um, just learning about the logistical side, because mm-hmm. the convers- like you said, the conversational aspect is what I was looking forward to, mm-hmm. and that's what I already knew how to do through watching podcasts and through you know conversing with people. But just learning how to, because I I made a lot of mistakes with the first episode mm-hmm. at the beginning because I didn't that's know, 
Like what were how, some of the mistakes? I said how so? Like what were some of the mistakes? How, how so? Like um, it was just like I think my headphones were plugged into the wrong device, so hmm. I was getting some of my out. Some of the output was coming to my microphone, which is meant to be the input. So yeah. I had to, and it was worsened by the fact that you're doing this over Zoom. So there's kind yeah. of a, a lag between when the person is actually speaking and when the lag is reaching your the the microphone when it's not supposed to be doing that. Uh-huh. So I kind of had to edit that out and that took me some time. Uh, yeah, some, some rookie mistakes I was making. But I think I learned a lot through experience. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, rookie mistakes are rookie mistakes for reasons because we, we got to learn from it to become better. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the part. Trying to be right. <laughs> the sound setups and all that. Uh, it, even, even when you do podcasting for a while, you'll still, it'll still be things you mess up and you'll realize, oh, I just recorded 30 minutes of ad silence. Because <laughs> yeah. my battery's died or I haven't had this plugged into the wrong port or, you know, I, I just like missed something. So, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. But you grow through it. So we move. Yes, sir, that we do, that we do. Have you ever thought of like uh, bringing, um, I mean, probably not on Zoom because that's like kind of weird, uh, like speaking dynamic, but um, bringing in like groups of people or like uh, like two or three people to speak at one time? Yeah, I was thinking, I haven't done it yet, but yeah, I was definitely thinking about um, bringing on maybe two people at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. That was something I was thinking about prior to the launch, just to spice things up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you don't want it to always be a one-on-one. You want to switch things up for the viewer see if they like that, listen to the yeah. people, see what they want. So, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. Yeah. Oh, so, yo, you know, I, I think an interesting idea would be, like, once we're all living together, do, like, a all like, pairing off of some of the people that we live with. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Go for. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking about that kind of scenario because I was like, I'll actually be living with people next year, so maybe I could do something with them. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. Yeah. And really interesting, yeah. I think you could even make it topical, man. Do like a whole, uh, like a panel type vibe where we just speak between ourselves and like the viewers kind of listening. That'd be a vibe, yeah. Like we're all probably... like game planning this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 out here, we're out here skimming right now. Yeah. Yeah. All these, hey, if any of the viewers got ideas, what would you like? What do you not like? What do you want to see? Shoot it to the man. Of course. Tap in, tap in. Uh, Yeah, so I want to move on to the part of the podcast called the Oldest Swole Bowl. That's where we ask ask you some off-the-cuff questions that might be related, might be unrelated to the topic of discussion we were just speaking about. So talked a bit about the West Coast at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Who are your top three West Coast artists? Top three West Coast artists we're talking like all time. Yeah. All time. Uh I'd say Pac number one, obviously. That's uh that's um that's like say less. Um I'd say Kendrick second. I'm a really big Kendrick fan. My probably my, my favorite rapper. Um and then I would say give me Really big. I'm not the biggest NWA fan, so I'd say give me. Uh, let's go Lamar. Give me YG. Give me YG. Or actually, no. Give me the game. I messed with the game. Okay. Yeah. Strong uh, lineup. 
Yeah, Kendrick and Pac, very lyrical. Is that like your style of rap? Honestly, I listen to anything and everything. Um, my top three are, the top two of my top three are Kendrick and Uzi. So those are like polar opposites, both regionally and style-wise. Yeah. Um, so I just like to get a little bit of taste of everything. So um, I think I think Kendrick's just definitely like the best at what he does specifically. And that's just, it's great to listen to. Yeah, when, I do listen to a little bit of lyrical rap, but to be honest, like the kind of rap I listen to is more more mainstream, more new age, <laughs> like more more Lil Uzi, definitely more yeah. Lil Uzi than um, Pac or Kendrick Lamar. Like the you know the melodic rappers, like that's the new wave. That, that's kind of yeah, what that I'm is the new about. wave. Okay, hit yeah. me hit me with your top three West Coast. Let's hear it, Timmy, from a from a Texas native. From a Texas native, see, I don't, hmm, I don't know a lot of, actually, there, there are hella West Coast artists, I just don't know if they're from the West Coast. Yeah, you just tell me, and I'll tell you why they're not from the West Coast. Okay. Number one, so these are just my own personal favorites. I'm not saying these guys are necessarily the best what they do, but I'd have to put Lil Mosey at number one. I just think his his sound yeah, is fire. He's from he's from Washington, but yeah, that's West Coast, I guess. Yeah, he's from the, <laughs> yeah, he's from the Seattle area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like just his use of some people just have like he's far from a lyrical rapper at all, mm-hmm. but some people just have natural flow when they got on the mic. I just yeah, feel like he just has that. Like, you can't teach it. He just has flow. I mean, his his songs are catchy. Yeah, that's okay. Number two. Number two. That's tough. Um, huh. Throw it out there, bro. Come on now. I'm trying to think. Well, uh, Snoop. Snoop is pretty good. Snoop. Snoop okay. is pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. I never really got into him much, but I do appreciate his his talent. Yeah, three maybe. Blueface, I just feel like. Yo, you don't get dog. All heads are gonna have your head for this one. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. What's wrong with the new generation? <laughs> yeah. I'll admit, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem entirely. Blueface. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, Blueface goes up, especially where in Cali, like SoCal. Like, he would be performing at, like, birthday parties, like, 30 minutes away from where I, would, I live, like, back, oh, wow. back when like, first getting into uh, the limelight. So, like, yeah, we run with Blueface, but <laughs> I don't know about top three. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about... Uh, he's in my personal top three. I think it's not as if I'm some sort of a diehard Blueface fan, but I like his. And some of his songs are kind of, you know, his songs are kind of hit or miss, yeah. but the ones that hit really hit. hit. Different. hit yeah. different. That's right. And his lyrics are just like funny. Like, I, I laugh. <laughs> yeah. They're so goofy. Yeah. That's, that's the great yeah. thing. Yeah. Hit me with the next one, bro. What, what we got next? All right. Would you rather have your shirts always be two sizes too small or two sizes too big? 
Oof, uh, probably two sizes too big because two sizes too small. I'm wearing a crop top because <laughs> I'm a pretty tall person. So oh, yeah, that's uh, just pretty wraps for me. Um, and that's just not going to work in the cold, especially now out here. Exactly. Um, so definitely two sizes too big because you know you always pack out a little a little muscle, a little something, get get a little a little vibe on. Because I think two sizes too big would probably be like an XL. They usually wear like mediums, rush my shirts. So, you know, I think I think I can manage wearing XL. Yeah, I think I would probably I, I'd have to go two sizes too big. Because, um, I mean, at least you can tuck your shirt in or like you can do something with that. You know, True. You can, there are ways around that. Yeah. Two sizes. Get back to 90s, baggy everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or like if you look at, yeah, 90s, early 2000s, like that was just baggy jeans, yeah. baggy shirts. We could bring back a new style. Uh, bring back an old style. True. Make it retro. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not a tall person, but I mean, two sizes too small, that would be like, what, excess? I mean, that would just be, that would just be weird. <laughs> just walking around. <laughs> You'd be like ripping through everything. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Unless I'm like always swollen, like my muscles are popping out, which they're not. It would be kind of a weird thing hey, to wear. You got to come to the gym sometime. We'll, we'll make you live up to the name. <laughs> exactly yeah have you started going to pot truck they reopened but no i still have well honestly the past two weeks i haven't been able to go to the gym much just because i've been really busy um like it's been pretty bad but um this coming week i think i have a little bit more free time so i'm probably gonna start going back to i go to fit gym right now um hmm. just because like it's easier um i don't have to worry about the time limits as well because Patrick's only an hour um so it gives me a little bit more time, but yeah, bro. I miss like when I first got here, like working out every day, doing yoga every day too. It just felt good to be back in shape. And now I'm starting to feel like a little bit, starting to get winded a little too quickly again. I'm just like, nah, we got we got to get back into it. You're doing yoga? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my um, like now my doormate because I don't have a doormate, but like my next door doormate, we do like yoga together. Um, after or like before or after our workouts just you know stretch the muscles keep it healthy yeah healthy okay oh okay, yeah good. i didn't know you guys did yoga i thought you guys were just going to the gym that's pretty yeah, you do both bro. you gotta get the flexibility the the body control and the strength it's the whole package bro y'all are just i mean you guys are what former athletes so y'all are just built different i guess <laughs> i mean that's probably where we get the itch from though we need to always stay active it's, you know we've been doing it for so long but yeah it's being a former athlete definitely it helps with the routine because we're kind of used to it speaking of being a former athlete like do you think you'll be interested in doing club or intramural basketball at Penn? um i thought about it yeah and i really think Maybe not next year because I feel like next year will be kind of a grind as well. But maybe in the years following when I have a little bit more free time, I think I'll wax up on my like uh, my class schedules. I think I'll take a shot at it, yeah. I'm going to obviously stay in shape. I've been meaning to go to Pop Truck to, you know, like shoot shots and make sure I get my, keep my form straight, keep my shots up, you know, make sure I still stay stay fresh on the on like how uh, in shape I am in terms of my skill, my skill set. Um, so, like, I... I hope to get back to it eventually. That's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Got you. Yeah, so I think that wraps up episode five of the Older Swell podcast. Sure. Thanks, Trina. Yeah, thanks, man, for coming on, coming on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, coming on, showing some love to the pod. Yeah, anytime, bro. 
Anytime, anytime you want to have me over again, I'm always free and willing to do so, bro. For sure, for sure. Oluswell is available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, our socials are linked in the description. Peace. Sure.